literally my first podcast episode ever was about self-care and here I am almost five years later talking about how self-care is bullshit. (laughs) We've come full circle. Transition one, transition two, transition three. You get the idea. (laughs) There's uh, laughing. There's drum Mm -hmm. joke. Oh, no. (laughs) We'll do that one. So we can have like a... (laughs) Wait. Oh, see, my internet's too slow. (laughs) Oh. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hello, friends. Hello, friends. And welcome back to another episode of Pickles and Vodka, the mental health podcast where two middle-aged women with eating disorders tell you how to live your life. (laughs) That's perfect. (laughs) I think I like that one best so far. You like that one better than the uh, Chosen Family? I I like it even better than mine that if you were going to send it my way, I was just going to be like, welcome to Pickles and Vodka. We fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's unspoken. Yeah. Like, do we really need to state the obvious? True. That's why people listen is because we fucked up and we're actively fucking up. And my name is Christina. And my name's Lauren. We remember to say our names. I know. I'm so proud of us. But if you hated our um, tagline concepts, we're now accepting ideas. Yeah. If you're sitting there listening and thinking, God, all of theirs are terrible. Are they supposed to be smart? <laughs> Please give us yours. Oh, man, do you think people are questioning our intelligence? I can't even say it. (laughs) Our intelligence. I don't know. I hope not. (laughs) I promise I'm smarter than I sound on the air. (laughs) The shittiest part of editing this and also wanting to be authentic is that, like, whenever I fuck up on air, the editor in me is like, you got to cut that. But the authentic person in me is like, no, you're going to keep that. And I know that I'm going to keep it, but I'm still really embarrassed about it. Honestly, I have noticed and I think that you do a really good job with that because I had been afraid of that at some point. Like, oh, she can censor herself because she edits. But, you know, like every stupid thing that I say, she could be like, that's not that bad and leave it in. I'm like, why are all my stupid comments in here? Oh, no, I try really hard. I think I'm pretty good at keeping the the stupid parts of people that make them look good and omitting the stupid parts of people that make them look bad. Yeah, I feel like the only things that you that you that you really like I noticed that you cut out are times where we just kind of like ramble because we can't make our point for too long of a time, which is great. Well, so god, this is a real meta moment. Sorry listeners, but you know what? And I'm not going to cut it either. Awesome. That's even more meta. The podcast where we talk about podcasting. Where we talk about ourselves podcasting. <laughs> yes. What was I going to say? Oh, um So that episode with Orion last week, I started out with an hour and 42 minutes of footage. Yeah, I didn't know how much total, but I did know that, I mean, we took a full half hour to talk beforehand, and that was cut down to like 10 minutes, and I thought that was a good idea. (laughs) Here's where the imposter syndrome comes in. I still Mm -hmm. feel like all we did was talk over him and like take forever to make our points. But I feel like that every time I listen to our podcast. No, I felt like that too. I was just like, did I just talk about myself instead of, you know, our guest? (laughs) But Lauren, you have the benefit of having been requested to talk more about yourself. People are requesting it. That shocked the hell out of me because again, that's what I was feeling like during the episode is like, 
I'm just telling my own stories like hello we're interested in you and then at the very end I got told like I don't talk about myself enough and I was like oh shit could I possibly be wrong <laughs> you know what you just reminded me of when you were a kid you journaled right yeah did you ever like apologize for writing too much about your own life in your own journal oh not only that but at one point I decided that I saw too many capital I's on my journal page, like, I am so self-centered. It's just I, 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 I. So I I tried to say I as little as possible in my journal. Same. When I apply for jobs, (laughs) I notice that it's all I statements in, like, the cover letter, and I get guilty, and then sometimes I erase it, and I don't rewrite it, and I don't even apply for the job. Yeah. I would say I probably don't (laughs) say Oh my god, I feel so much less alone. Um, if, if if you all like listening to us and you we make you feel less alone, please go rate us and review us uh, if you haven't already. I'm just getting out of the way so they don't have to hear it later. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> rate us that, so that we can be that vaulted 5.0 again that we saw for a day. Review us because, okay, yeah, we've heard listen, that helps. Listen, <laughs> we want friends. And we uh, have anxiety and depression, and we don't like to go outside. And so help us out. Oh, you know what I thought of? If one person told a friend about our podcast in the, in the next month, mm-hmm. our listenership would like quadruple. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if I did the math right there. I was wondering how that, I was like, if one person tells one other person, Wait, you're the, you're the accountant. <laughs> Tell us. How does it work? How does exponential I mean, growth work? <laughs> oh, you need one person to tell another person, and then you need someone them to do that every month, and I'm then measure like it. Having a measure stroke. it after like okay, and measure it after like three months, and and then you can say because like if everybody tells one person, then we double. That's one to one. Do we have three months though? But if they keep doing that, I'm still planning to be here <laughs> on this planet. I, I mean. Know. <laughs> I say that hesitantly, but I am. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, same. Same Z's. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have too much fear of death to leave anytime soon. That was always my thing. Yeah, that got, that got heavy to go really get fast. Heavy. Yeah, <laughs> I had to go get heavy right away. But, you know, whenever I've been, like, close to suicidal, I've always felt like a big thing that saved me is I'm just afraid. I don't know what's going to happen when I die. Am I going to know? Is it going to hurt? <laughs> yeah. I'm just too scared of it. The not knowing is the part that drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I, a part of me hopes that there's nothing, but also, if there is, you wouldn't know. Yeah, and I can't fathom what happens then when you just cease to be. Like, I have a brain that works. Where yeah. does it go? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Okay, now we're really getting to it. <laughs> oh, God. This is what happens when we record on a Thursday. <laughs> on a Thursday night, baby. <laughs> yeah. We are loosey-goosey. <laughs> Um, okay, we did the little plug for ratings and reviews. That's over. Yep. Um, where are you at today, Lauren? Um, I am just kind of blah. Um, I switched my work from home days. Usually they were Thursdays. I switched them to Fridays, but a lot of people do work from home on Thursdays. So found out that Thursdays are really quiet. That's good though, right? Yeah, just kind of hit out. My boss was away on business, so didn't have to deal with that. So <laughs> I was like, it was a pretty simple day. I just worked and tried not to fall asleep. <laughs> Honestly, same. I feel yeah. like it's not the worst thing. Yeah. Do you, did you have any um, appointments this week since we last talked? Oh, yes. That is something that's um, going to be on my mind. 
for a while is also because I changed my day. I had always seen my therapist on Thursday because literally anytime, you know, work from home, I can just, we do virtual. She does virtual on Thursday, so I can just jump on and have an appointment. But she doesn't do any appointments on Friday. So trying to figure out, like, today I had to do it in my car on the phone, and that was a horrific experience. Oh, no. You know, I just, it felt awkward. I'm sitting in the parking lot. There was a huge lag. It was, <laughs> I felt like I didn't really get anything out of it. You know, it's it's kind of like yeah. where you feel like, why do I pay for this if it's not that good? Well, it's like, I'm going to bring it back to the podcast again. I can't believe it. But um, <laughs> it's kind of like, I, I ask myself that sometimes. Why is it so much easier to talk to people on the podcast, even though there's a lag, even though we can't see each other's faces? But then if it's your therapist, it's totally different. Yeah. And even, I mean, it's not so bad having virtual appointments with her when I'm just like sitting like I am here, just comfortable and have a decent internet connection so I can see her reaction as it happens, you know, like that I'd gotten used to, but it was just so much worse. I was like, I can never do that again. I suppose added on top of that is the fact that it's a fairly busy parking lot at my office. So I'm just like sitting there in the car being like, hi, everybody walking by. Don't notice that I'm, my therapist does this weird body somatic work. So she's trying to get me to like rock and do things to connect with my body. And I'm oh, like, God. I'm in the car. <laughs> people are watching me. You should have said that right off the bat. That would have made the whole setup so much better. Like that is amazing to think about i'm sorry yeah. i'm sure it was awful no. especially since made... yeah you're paying for it yeah but so that made me think like so if that's gonna be our only option then i'm just kind of like do i have to decide not to continue with her do i go back to square one for the 23rd time <laughs> no oh, okay that's a question we can tr attempt to answer for ourselves and for mm -hmm. our listeners how long do you give a new therapist before giving up on them? That's a really good question, I feel like, because I never know after, you know, after like a first session when it doesn't feel right. Well, then it's yeah. like, I know that I can't just go by that. But then after it, it's like, yeah, how long do I wait? Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like I've given most of my therapists like six months. Yeah, and that kind of feels like... I don't know, it kind of feels like too long. When... Oh my god, I realized the only times that I left therapy was when I either moved or I went into the hospital or I lost <laughs> yeah, that... my insurance. <laughs> I've never broken up with a therapist. So both of those last two are really convenient ways for when you feel like it's not working. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> Do I have therapist avoidance issues? I don't know, I feel the same way. I'm trying to think if I've ever, yeah, actually broken up with any like for real I mean my last one did contact me when I got out of treatment but I'd known that it was too expensive and it definitely was going to be and plus you know that I hadn't seen her in a while and I was like hey I'm sorry it's not gonna work just because of this thank you for everything you did well you had the therapist that ghosted you yeah yeah therapists have broken up with me yeah <laughs> sometimes without telling me <laughs> but Always the breakup y, never the breakupper. Is that how the saying goes? I don't know, just like saying? the rest of my life. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, well what speaking of the rest of your life, what else is going on with you? How how are the pets? 
Um, they're good. They were tearing after each other for a hot second, but they already seem to be calmed down. Um, Do you guys have a new rhythm post-treatment, or is it still kind of in the phase where every day is a little bit unpredictable? What do you mean? Sorry. (laughs) like, Like, I know you have a ton of appointments during the week, and you have work but you're working from home one day. So like, does, does that confuse them all the coming and going? And plus like you have a roommate now. I never really asked how they're adjusting to that. Um, yeah, I think at this point, like it has been a few months. So I think they are pretty adjusted to all of that stuff. Um, the only, I mean, peak of only benefits because my roommate also has a random day off always between Tuesday and Thursday. So that's an extra day someone's home. So nice. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, he is used to now again that it's like, okay, she leaves for work for the day, but she comes home. You know, it's not like the first few weeks when I had left that I always felt every time like he was surprised, like, you didn't leave me for another three months this time. And I'm like, no, I came back. I know it, it really breaks my heart to think of all the times I've had to leave to go to treatment or whatever and left Ruby. I mean, people I'm- were always watching her, but... I know, but you feel like they they don't know. They're so confused. <laughs> I know. I scheduled her for a vet visit next week. Oh, I need Just to do like that too. Just <laughs> like a general checkup. It's been mm-hmm. too long. Yeah. I have all that motorcycle money now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta spend it on fun things like cat exams. So I don't know if you want to uh, delve into this more, but it came up organically and I was just thinking like, yeah, when I said that I was joking, but in general... I am the one that gets broken up with. I do not break up with people. Like, I do not leave jobs. I do not break up with romantic relationships. I do not break up with friends. It's like, and a lot of it is, yeah, thinking like, oh, sometimes, especially a job, like, I most certainly should have, but I just stuck it out. Yeah. Oh, my God. That is a great topic. And you know what's (laughs) hilarious? Yeah. So I was prepared in case... You didn't have any ideas of what you wanted to talk about today. Mm-hmm. And I asked Orion if he had any questions for you. Oh, no. <laughs> and the theme is relationships. Oh, great. So Isn't there we are. crazy? We just ended up there. Yep, I love it. <laughs> so, yeah, you've always been broken up with. Like, where do you think that comes from? I don't know. I feel I... Like, it just feels like a general feeling when I think of it all as, you know, like, I'm I'm willing to... Hey. <laughs> Pico, no one asked your opinion. <laughs> I'm not breaking up with you, Pico. <laughs> I, I feel like maybe I'm afraid of, like, the confrontation to some degree or, you know, like, the known, even if it's not great, is better than the unknown. I think all of that comes into play. Totally. I mean, I, I just see so many parallels between relationships and like eating disorders or addiction, like any sort of toxic relationship or even not toxic relationship. Like it could have served you for a while and then all of a sudden it's not, but still Mm -hmm. you're just, it's just like you said, the fear of the unknown is what keeps you in it. Yeah. And like one interesting thing that I have noticed before is that I tend to date people that um, have, like, a lot of other things going on in their life. Often, you can tell, like, from the start, they're very emotionally unavailable and all of this stuff. And I wonder, you know, 
like, I don't feel like I, I'm, I'm not like asking that as a question. Like, are you emotionally unavailable? <laughs> we match. <laughs> but, but, but I feel but like subconsciously, yeah, that I'm looking for that because that makes it easier. Like, okay, good. Then I don't have to take the wheel ever. Then neither does Jesus. I, just, <laughs> I don't know the phrase, take the wheel. I just have to throw that out now. Okay, but, as a kid, did you get really anxious when you had attention? Like when people gave you attention? Probably. I didn't really get a lot and I was totally comfortable with that. Okay, that. here's another question. When people do like give you attention now, like if someone were to hang out with you for two hours and give you their undivided attention, how would that make you feel? Oh, hella awkward. I mean, <laughs> I am the poster child for like, oh, I really like your skirt. Yeah, I got it on sale. <laughs> oh my God, are you me? <laughs> Kind of. I think that's why we work so well together. Yeah. I, I figured that out when I worked at Starbucks. You can only compliment someone's nail polish for so many times before people start realizing that it's a it's a script. <laughs> before it starts coming off as disingenuous. Do you mean but like I to do mean it? Okay, I was wondering if you meant that like to customers. I was like, is Starbucks something you know, like Trader Joe's? You're supposed to like say something friendly to every <laughs> person that oh, you see. Oh, I mean, yeah. There's that. I, I won't okay. get into that right now. <laughs> We need to have, like, another ex-Starbucks partner on one of these days so I can just, like, reminisce with them. Well, if we can um, ever get my roommate, she worked at Starbucks for a long time. <laughs> oh, my God. The other Christina. Yes. Oh, my we God, too. Double Christinas and double Starbucks. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> you should p pitch it to her. I'll, I'll tell her. I know. Like, she knows, like, what the podcast, like, theme is and everything like that. She'll be like, oh, what do you want me to talk about? Like, working at Starbucks. <laughs> but here's the thing. I'm, I'm asking you, like, about how you feel about having attention. And I notice you're just immediately going back into joking and, like, oh, asking absolutely. about me. You do that a lot, I notice. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I, I believe you. <laughs> because... Because, yes, you're correct. It's uncomfortable. And I don't feel like I need it. But here's the thing. You signed up to be co-host of a mental health podcast. So there's some part of you that does want that attention, that does want to be heard. You want to know what I really, really looked forward to when I started this? Tell me. Um, is the idea that... Sometimes when I'm super lonely, which, you know, is most of the time, then I Same. listen to, yeah, then like a reason that I would listen to podcasts is almost because it felt like having like some sort of company. Yeah. And that's what I, I imagined, like from the very first episode that I was just like, you know, if I, I stick with this and do it for a while, then when I'm feeling that way, I could have like two or three years backlog that, you know, I could just play and be like, oh, it's like I'm talking to a friend again. I'm just that listening. Exactly what it's like. Like, I've been doing this. Oh my God, this will be, hold on, 18. Five 19, years? Five fucking years. That's insane. <laughs> and like, I don't, I've never done anything this consistently in my life. And like, I know that I've taken months off. And even since you've come on, we've had to, we've been all over the place. But that's the beauty of it. Like, it mm -hmm. is an accurate reflection of our lives. And like, that is such a gift not everyone gets. Yeah. That was for sure. Like, that was, like, one of the selling points when I started on it. I was like, I would love to have that. But, yeah, going back to always being broken up with, having the podcast that long has shown me a lot of patterns with myself mm -hmm. that I mm -hmm. maybe wouldn't have noticed otherwise. And 
I mean, I'm learning new things about myself all the time. Like, obviously, a few weeks ago, like, I realized I was gay a few months ago now. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I, I've been dating men the whole time this podcast has been going on. I've been in relationships. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and, like, I wasn't expecting to talk about this, so I'm still kind of, like, processing. Mm-hmm. But I think I have grown a lot from someone who, like did get into relationships for the safety and the convenience of it and stayed in them for the safety and convenience of it. Like even when it stopped being safe and convenient and you know, it took getting to my, one of my rock bottoms. Like every time I've broken up with someone, it's basically because my mental health became too much. And like, that was the reason. Yeah. But this most recent time with Brett, like it's totally different because like it's a mutual thing and we both came to the conclusion together and like it was my decision like I did initiate that conversation Mm -hmm. and like that's a lot of growth totally yeah I'm I'm impressed (laughs) (laughs) but the thing is to notice that growth like for me to notice that I had to document it I had to talk about it I had to be willing to like go back and examine my behavior and so like do you feel like you haven't done that yet um I feel like I haven't done that recently. Um, I Mm. don't have anywhere in several years, like I definitely journal still, but I don't have anywhere where it's been like as consistent as it was, I would say, you know, definitely in my high school, college years, probably through most of my 20s, like pretty regularly. And I would have lots of journals that's like, I filled this one up. Now I go to the next one. And sometimes I would flip back through them and be like, oh, wow, you know, that, that shows, that shows some growth. But I don't well, have that lately. I mean, I'm sure that there's things, even since you came on the podcast, that you could look back at and be like, wow, I did not. Oh. I Do you have one? No, I was saying, I was just going to agree. Like, say, oh. absolutely. Because <laughs> as, as hard as it is to believe, I've been here for more than a year. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're unthawing. You know, <laughs> you're, you're coming out of your little cocoon and... Spreading your wings. You killed it in the interviews so far. Like, I see you. I'm the editing queen. I I hear and see all. And you're doing great. (laughs) Um. Ew, she complimented me. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I'll stop now. Fine. Do you talk to your uh, therapist about relationships? Um, I feel like we haven't really. I, I feel like it's been all over the map. And that's part of why, you know, like now that. Like, I don't dislike working with her. I don't feel like it's bad. But since this kind of, like, scheduling thing has thrown itself up in our faces, it's made me wonder, like, maybe the right decision is to, yeah, try someone new. Maybe you can, like, start looking for someone while you're with her so you don't have, like, a dry spell. Yeah. And right now, um, not this coming Monday, but the one after... I took the day off because I will be traveling over the weekend and I just wanted a day to just chill <laughs> before I throw Fair. myself back into work. You know, <laughs> I do that a lot. <laughs> but um, but because of that, uh, we did schedule our next appointment then because I said I was like, I'm just going to be home. No plans. I can be there at any time. And I felt like that that gives me a specific time where I know like I should have a decision made at this point. <laughs> Yeah. At least whether I want to continue with her or not. And if I think not, then yes, hopefully I should have looked at some other people or something. You know what this is making me realize listening to you <laughs> is that like all of the the brain power that goes into like 
breaking up with someone like a therapist for instance in this case oh god and (laughs) in the past like you've had an eating disorder like basically your whole life of course you're not the one breaking up with people because you don't have the energy you know what i mean yeah that's true the one job that I remember I leaving, I did do that very spontaneously. It's when I was working third shift at the casino. And after I did that for about a full year, it was just sucking too much of my soul. And one day I just woke up feeling like I just can't do this. And I had nothing yeah, else. I remember. I just, yeah, I just went in and I was like, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Peace. Well, yeah. I think eventually it ends up at that point if you do nothing but avoid that conversation or like avoid all the ways that it's bad for you eventually you'll either just get end up burnt out as fuck or leaving in a show of of drama yeah (laughs) like everything that yeah that, that you keep pushing yourself to do being like it's okay i can keep going then you're right you just you're gonna hit a burnout point yeah I've been thinking a lot about something this week that's kind of related. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to share about that. I'm no, taking us on a tangent. I'm totally going organically. I like it. So in ther- in therapy this week, uh-huh. we need like a little jingle. <laughs> yeah, in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I've been talking, I- I'm realizing that like the reason why it's been so hard for me to move on even though I like everything is set up for me, I'm in such a good place. Like it should be so easy for me to grow into the next version of myself, but there's just something keeping me from doing it. And I think it's just, I don't value myself or love myself very much. Like at the end of the day, I don't think I deserve it. And like, I don't think like as a person. So no, that's hard hitting, but true. I mean, I feel that. Well, so when you were talking about like, putting yourself through hardship at work, just pushing through. Mm -hmm. It made me think about something I wrote recently, which was that like, I'm really proud of the hardships that I put my body through, because it makes me feel like I've earned the right to exist. Um, Like just just living isn't enough. You have to earn it. You have to like, so I mean, okay, so I grew up super religious, like I grew up Mm -hmm. being taught that humans were wicked. You know, humans (laughs) are I mean, I've been talking about this in past weeks, so this concept has been floating around in my brain for a while. Yeah, it makes sense, yeah. <laughs> but I realized, I was telling my therapist, I don't value myself as much as I value other people. And as I was saying it, it felt fake, because I was asking myself in that moment, do I value other people? Like, sure, I value individual people. I value, like, objectively, you know, human life as a mm-hmm. concept. But, like, yeah. the human race as a whole, is, like, yeah. kind of fucked. And every day I wake up and I see more reasons to be afraid of people, more reasons not to trust people, more reasons that maybe people are just as evil as, like, I was taught to believe they were. And so, of course, I'm going to hate myself because I'm a human, you know? Yeah. Wow. And so, like, <laughs> how the fuck do I start loving humanity? Yeah, as you were talking about that, it felt like it kind of goes in line with... Something that I have found keeps showing up in the past couple of years in, you know, like when I do work with people in in a treatment stay or when I'm journaling for myself or anything like that is that I have really strong feelings about deserving things. And mm. I don't really think that I deserve much of anything. I mean, I don't think that it's bad. Jeez. Pico hard disagrees. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I deserve you, Pico. <laughs> but I mean, I don't think like it's bad for me to ever have good things. I just don't think it's because I deserve it. I just think it's because people have good and bad things happen to them. That's fine. Exactly. Like, that's why it's been so hard for me to maintain like a self-care practice. Mm -hmm. because even the concept like literally my first podcast episode ever was about self-care and here I am almost five years later talking about how self-care is bullshit (laughs) we've come full circle but seriously like it's really it always feels like I'm tricking myself into forgetting how terrible I am when I do that nice things for myself or like I don't know you should talk more about this I know, I'm trying to think about it as you're talking about it, because it sounds kind of familiar. I'm trying to like think, like, what exactly is my take? I think if I do stuff like that, yeah, I don't know. Like, any sort of, like, self-care routine, I feel like I'm either doing it for, like, maybe not on purpose, but secretly for somebody else. Like, you're doing it because you feel like other people think you should do it? Or, like, you're to appease someone? Um, Like, I'm thinking, like... I like a lot of nice, um, like, hygiene things. Like, I like to do, like, fancy hair treatments and face treatments if I find them, you know, and it's it's fun for me. So it feels kind of like self-care when I'm doing it, but it's kind of like you're also just sort of doing that because you don't want to feel self-conscious. Like, mm. I, want, I want my hair and my skin to look pretty when <laughs> people look at me. <laughs> This goes back to that conversation we had a few months ago about makeup and how, like, when we were younger, we wore it because we felt like we couldn't go out without it. And then Mm -hmm. for a while, we, like, maybe I'm misremembering this. At least for me, I didn't wear it for a while. And Mm -hmm. now I'm like, well, I'm back to not wearing it because I'm depressed. But, (laughs) But it's okay to do those face masks and hair treatments just because you want to. Just because I'm just like... That sounds like a fun thing to do tonight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For me, it feels like I, everyone is dying and the world is going to end. And so what is the fucking point of decreasing my pores? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, it just seems so insignificant. For me, it feels kind of the opposite. Like, you're talking about having less time. I feel like... I've come to a conclusion that I don't really see things getting any different. So it's just kind of like, why try to make a change now? Because I will just be trying to make a change for the next, what, 40 years? Doesn't that sound exhausting? Oh, God, that (laughs) is such... I can relate so hard. Like that is so so dangerous to think that way because you are changing so much without realizing it. And Mm -hmm. to tell yourself that nothing's ever going to change. I mean... I've said it to myself so many times and it's kept me years, like I could have been in in recovery years ago, you know, and I didn't and I'm still barely in recovery. And so I do think sometimes what would my life look like if I hadn't just been like so resigned to my fate? True. And I don't know about you, but you just saying that made me remember there's, I feel like there's always like certain moments that I look at where it's just kind of like, if I hadn't made this different decision at this one point, like as far as recovery, when I was um, living with, you know, the boyfriend that ended up being pretty shitty, but was that <laughs> it, your first uh, boyfriend? It was my first. No, it was my second serious boyfriend. Okay, we'll put a pin in that. Continue. 
Okay. There was a time when I was with him and that was really like the first time that, you know, something that I think we talked about in our interview with Orion and we've talked about a few times where you feel like as far as the, like the eating disorder stuff, you feel like, oh, I, I have to like work at it. So it's never going to get out of control. But you know, then there's that one point where it's like, wow, this actually did get out of control. And now I don't know what to do because it's just a thing that's happening to me instead of I'm doing it. So it was like, it was a spot like that. You know, I was, it actually scared me. And he'd made some comments before because obviously my health was quickly looking not so great. And I wrote him a letter and I was going to give it to him on New Year's Day. I mean, that just happened to be like when this all came to a head. It wasn't because I was waiting for it or anything. Hey, perfect timing. I love making big life changes on New Year's Day. (laughs) And I can't remember what happened, but something happened with that next morning where I was just like, no, and I didn't want to. And I was just like, I'll hang on to it, you know, maybe sometime this week, but this isn't the right time. And I think because of that one time where I said, nope, then it just you know, that took hold. And I sometimes think like, if if I had let him in, I do feel because of like the concern he'd expressed, like he would have been ready to say like, do you want me to help you find a therapist? Do you need any sort of like, do you have to look into other treatment options? Like, is it that bad and everything? And it's kind of like, I would have had to expose myself to everybody in a way that I didn't actually end up doing until I was 35. Wow. That story made me so sad. It it just felt so familiar, and I'm sure mm-hmm. listeners can think of moments that they've had where they could have changed everything, but also, like, you can't think that way because you just right. never know. Right. You just never know. That does... <sighs> I I remember a similar moment with the man that I was with. Um, I So I had just broken up with my very first boyfriend and th- three months later, gotten in a relationship with someone else in the army. This was in Austin, Texas. (laughs) Okay. And then we were only together a few months when he got stationed to Virginia. Well, to the D.C. area, but my family was in Virginia at the time. And so Uh I had this, we had this moment. We were like sitting in the bathtub together, TMI maybe. (laughs) And he was asking me if I wanted to go with him or if I wanted to just end things. And my gut told me to end things. Mm-hmm. But I didn't because I was so afraid of being alone, even though the three months alone before him were some of the best three months of my life at that point. Okay. Um, And of course, you know, once I went to DC, that's when my drinking ramped up. That's when my bulimia came back. That's when I became suicidal. Like all it, it started this terrible chain of events that I'm still recovering from. Mm-hmm. And it's just because I didn't have the guts to br- to break up with him and it would have been an a good breakup too you know like we're still friends we still talk and i hurt okay. him a lot by putting him through the following months you know yeah. so, so oh, like, yeah i'm sure <laughs> it's just a lot to to live with and then there's you know it's all well and good to sit here and reflect on our past mistakes but what you know it's like what have i really learned from this like what am i doing to change and obviously at the beginning of this episode i told a story of how i changed and i think if you did the same you could think of a lot of ways that you've actually changed. Probably. Probably if I look back, especially now you've got me curious, you know, like, what if I did listen now to like the first couple episodes that I was on and be like, what is different? <laughs> okay, I can tell you the most obvious thing right off the bat. <laughs> okay. Do you know what it is? No! 
So it's your stance on recovery. Oh, yeah, that is obvious. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> obvious thing ever <laughs> literally that was your whole mo when you came on was like recovery is good for some people but not for me which i you know is still mm -hmm. probably something you believe i mean what you should talk now because i'm talking a lot no no i was I, I i think you're right i think i didn't realize it because like i didn't like 180 or anything you know i i see it as the ways that are still the same when i think about it i'm like yeah i still don't believe like you know, one of the first things I think I said is I believe 100% recovery is possible, but I don't believe it's possible for everyone. I'd still say that. But I think, you know, we pretty much accepted for a lot of months that I was just kind of like, you know, um, I'm not really interested. I'm just going to be harm reduction. That's the best I can hope for. And yeah. obviously, I wouldn't have put myself through the last several months if that was what I still <laughs> believed. And if I asked you to pinpoint a moment where everything changed, you probably couldn't answer. No, not at because all. Because that's impossible. Mm-hmm. That, and that's what I'm trying to say is like, it happens so slowly that you're not even noticing it happen now, but it's right. happening. Listener, it's happening. <laughs> it is happening as we speak. <laughs> you are changing as we speak. You are morphing. Um... <laughs> No, but for real, like, I think it's it's so telling that you came on the podcast and you were kind of like anti-recovery for yourself. And then now you have just come out of treatment and we're not perfect. Like, we're disordered as fuck, if we're being honest, you know? Yeah. I don't know if that's ever going to go away. I'm not saying that it will. Yeah, but that's why. It gets I, better. I said, like, it's... It's not a 180 for me. I don't feel, you know, like I didn't turn into somebody who's like, oh, well, now I'm going to start writing pro recovery blogs because that's all I believe in life. But, <laughs> but yeah, well, but it definitely has changed. The people that come right out of the gate that way, I don't know yeah. if that necessarily lasts. No. Because I've feel... been that person. Okay. Yeah, I feel like that is probably hiding some things from yourself. <laughs> And that's the reason why I started the podcast, because I did see so many recovery blogs out there that were like that, and I just couldn't engage with it. Right. Because it wasn't, like, I, it wasn't real to my experience, you know? Yeah, yeah I think the, the most frustrating thing is when, you know, I changed enough that I wasn't interested, like, I wasn't going to support people in, like, furthering their disease, like, I had no interest in that. But yeah, but like you said, I also didn't really feel right in the like, rah, rah, pro recovery. So I just kind of like, where do I fit? <laughs> I'm just in between. You should talk about your recovery more because I feel like even if it sucks, there's going to be so many people that can relate and that can like offer you support, you know? Ew, that's like compliments. <laughs> <sighs> I tried, y'all. Christina tried. No, but for real, I've been I've been thinking lately about returning to those not pro eating disorder spaces, but just spaces where people are struggling more because, you know, it gets lonely in recovery sometimes. All the yeah. time. And some of those places that that are, you know, more like a, a full pro stance, I feel like they, they do a little gatekeeping sometimes. And then you end up feeling like embarrassed because you're not doing as well or you're not as excited about the idea. And I feel yeah. like that can unintentionally be harmful. Yeah. And then there's like, for me, I 
I started really enjoying posting like snapshots of my crazy messy life. Like I almost felt like I was putting on a performance. And I, I know if I went back to those spaces, it just wouldn't be good for me. But I miss it. Like the connection part. Like I, I know what you mean, where, where you, you can see some of the reasons why like it's probably overall would not do me much good. But there's still that that's like, that sucks. I miss that. Well, we can start a new community. We got this podcast. That's not nothing. No, I mean, I've always appreciated that. I feel like that's kind of where we are in the middle. We're not saying, you know, like, we're not going to like you if you aren't all just trying to further better yourself all the time. But we're also, you know, do our best to like not cause any harm. (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. When people tell me on Instagram that they're struggling, like, I'm there for you. If if you tell me you're like doing really well in recovery, hell yeah. You told me you you didn't do coke tonight, but you had like five beers, like hell yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was a really specific example not rooted in reality. I don't know. But yeah, um, if, if a person can say that and you can see that they like feel some hope for themselves and you're just like, good, I'll feel that for you too. Exactly. Like we're all in this together. As I said that, I just started hearing high school musical music playing in my head <laughs> and I hate myself now. <sighs> Do you have anything else you want to get off your chest, Lauren, before we end this puppy? Um, yes. So this morning I was sitting in my car <laughs> Or I was driving in my car. And for some reason, I became really focused on the idea. (laughs) I was thinking of I was thinking of names. And I just realized like, we're probably not that far off from when like, children of the 80s are going to I mean, not just be grandparents, because children of the 80s could be grandparents at this point. But like children of the the 80s are grandparents. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm like, plenty of them are that's that's a possibility. But you know, give, give it another like 20 years and they're not just going to be that. They're going to be like the crotchety old people. And just thinking of that in conjunction with names, like we're going to get a bunch of like crotchety old people that aren't named like Gertrude and Mildred anymore. They're going to be like <laughs> Heather and Blake and <laughs> Jessica. <laughs> For some reason, I just got the biggest kick out of that. <laughs> I just wanted to share that in case anybody else did. <laughs> Now I'm thinking of the really, really old-timey names. Like, what names were considered old people names for our grandparents? I mean, my grandma's name, again, don't dox me. Her name was Vera. Ooh, that's a good one. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I love that. I named all my motorcycles after old ladies. Let's see if I can remember. Um, Beatrice, Petunia, Gertrude. (laughs) I love Petunia. (laughs) And, oh my god, there's one that I... I can't remember the last one. I'm going to remember as soon as we hang up. When I was in um, treatment. <laughs> Hello? Pico, we're going to stop soon, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> when, <laughs> when I was in treatment, actually, like, with my roommate, she she has pots as well, so she was, like, a fall risk for a while, and they were forcing her to go around with a walker all the time. Uh-huh. And, of course, you know, as someone in her 30s, she hated that. And I said <laughs> that I had to give it an old lady name, so I named her Walker Myrtle. Myrtle! <laughs> I love that. What are we going to do with all these rad old lady names? But I know when, when little kids are like, Grandma Brittany! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I can't think of any names right now. My brain is a blank canvas. <laughs> it's time to go to bed. Okay. <laughs> um, Everyone, tell a friend about this podcast this month. Yes, and then do it next month and we'll grow exponentially. 
and then do it the month <laughs> after that, and we'll grow three times. It's more than that. That's how exponentials work. <laughs> and you can follow us. You can follow us on Instagram at Pickles and Vodka Podcast. Or you can follow us individually at Lauren is a huge math nerd. No, just kidding. <laughs> oh my god. No. Oh, oh, if you want to be a guest, we're still looking for those. Yes, please. Yeah, we have rediscovered guests. It's fun. Well, I've discovered them for the first time. It's fun. We want to do more. <laughs> Let us discover you. <laughs> Thursday night. This is what happens. <laughs> You can follow me on Instagram at Xtina Jumper. And you can follow me at P-I-C-O-S-A-U-V-E. It is my dog who has made himself known in this episode. See you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>